From the creators of Circles of Faith, this is Slices of Life, a podcast where intentional living and imperfection meet. Join us as we have conversations that help you navigate real faith, real life, and real community in the everyday. I'm Kimberly Amici, and today I'm here with Elise Daly Parker and Noelle Rhodes. If you've been around the podcast for a while, you know that we love to talk about relationships and how crucial it is to be intentional in them. For relationships to flourish, it's important to connect. We can do that by listening and being heard, giving and receiving love, being concerned with one another, and coming alongside each other in the journey of life. This applies to all relationships. In this episode, we'll be exploring the connect before you correct concept and how it can be helpful in parenting our children. If you don't have children, don't hit the stop button. This principle can be applied in many areas such as the workplace, ministry, and marriage. So today we're going to jump right in. And um, Elise, you wrote a post a while back on Circles of Faith that talked about this connect before you correct concept. And as a parent, um, I love this concept. I read the article and just could immediately see that there could be benefits in my relationships with my children immediately. And so I'm super excited about this idea. Um, And so for those of you who haven't read the post, um, you'll find it on our website. We'll share it in the show notes. Um, But basically, it starts out by sharing, you know, reminding us that how important connection is and how in this hectic world that we live in, sometimes we don't have the time or the energy or the headspace to really connect with one another. And especially when it comes with to our kids and even sometimes in our marriage, our, our go-to is just to correct, to just go over the to-dos, to make sure everybody's where they have to be and everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing and we lose part of our relationship in the shuffle of that. And so, mm-hmm. um, Elise, why don't you share a little bit more about um, this issue and this problem that we face in our relationships with our children? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, where I, I, I had a, a young child that was um, really struggling with homework, and this is where the concept of correct be, uh, connect before you correct first came to really um, mean something to me and to her, ultimately. Um, she, my daughter was about six years old, and she just could not stand homework. She'd get home from school, and the stress over homework would start right away, and I found myself constantly, um, you know, telling her, sit down, you got to sit down. Okay. I gave you a snack. You got to sit down now. You got to do your homework. And it started with just the homework, but it's, it turned into actually a pattern of, um, me anticipating the stress that was going to occur when she got home. And then Katie furthering, anticipating the, um, the stress. And again, we got into this rut and this pattern that all I ever did was tell her what to do, what not to do to sit down. And there was no relationship beyond this sort of connection, um, arguing, fighting, sadness, disappointment. It, it ended up with me feeling like I was a lousy mother and my daughter feeling like I didn't love her. Um, so it was <laughs> really bad, a really bad scene. And I really needed, I really needed to do something to fix it. Um, and so, I talked to my trustee counselor and Suzanne Ciencio, and she really helped me understand this connect before you correct concept. Noelle, can you relate to this? Can I, can I relate to this? Have you met my children? Um, yes. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, I, especially since both of my kids are emoters, they're very good at you know showing oh, yeah. their emotions. Oh, explain yeah. that. So to me. Ha- they're emoters. <laughs> so like they at least knows. They just like will. They just they're not afraid of mm-hmm. expressing their emotions. So for instance, you know my child will like just be crying and you know you don't understand me i have to eat this lollipop because you know like she'll make an she'll just it's very dramatic and it's hard to interrupt so what Mm -hmm. i'll do is i'll just be like stop crying listen to what i'm saying you know or um even today great example okay (laughs) i was getting ready in the morning and mornings can be stressful no matter how prepared i am no matter how prepared i am it is still difficult so i took a shower i haven't been feeling well i was in my room the door shut i'm getting changed and olive like just walks in i'm like olive i'm getting changed like give me a moment so she you know she leaves but she's like at the door like mom 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 i'm like what (laughs) i'm like freaking out and I'm like I told you just to give you one moment I just want to put my underwear on without anyone calling my name and she's like my socks are in your room and so I realized that like I'd asked her to do something go put her socks on and her socks were in my room and I'm not letting her in my room so before I ever had a moment you know it's it's I'm correcting her before I'm connecting to her because I don't really know what's going on and she's getting mad at me because she thinks I'm telling her to do something but I'm making it impossible for her to do it and I'm getting angry with her because she's outside my door screaming my name over and over again right so (laughs) Mm -hmm. we were able to resolve it and there was repentance but uh, this this kind of uh, you know the connecting before you're correcting I think actually Lisa you told me about this before and so I try to do this with them especially my daughter because she, she's very sensitive yeah. to my correction and it will she will take it on heart whereas my son is like well you know I could I could burn the house down he wouldn't even notice sometimes oh, so yeah that's just how it is but she really does take it to heart mm-hmm. right Right. And again, just like what you're talking about, that anticipation of one another's behavior, that's part of the um, connect before you correct sort of syndrome, if you will. Mm -hmm. You get into this whole cycle and it starts in the morning and it goes through to the end of the day and it is exhausting and it's 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 a lose-lose nobody nobody wins with it um also my daughter was an emoter too and so am i by the way (laughs) so am i (laughs) you put the two of us in the room and you know there's a lot of emotion being um being experienced so yeah it was it was and and you know like you're saying noel the kinds of things that i would hear from my daughter a lot were mommy why are you always so mad at me and why don't you like me um are you still mad at me? You know, it just, oh. So, of course, I felt terrible. I felt like um, a bad mommy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can completely relate with three kids. It's like I'm, I spend a lot of time getting people where they need to be, and I'm so concerned with ticking things off my list that sometimes I miss maybe what they're feeling, experiencing, going through, or what mm-hmm. they need, and I'm just, like, yeah, I'm upset. I'm like, okay, this needs to be done. And then they get to the point where they're like, it's become such a drag. All these wonderful things that we're doing become a drag because it just seems like I've now turned into a nag. I'm running this, this ship so tight so that we can fit everything in that there's just no joy in it. 
Yeah, so, that's, that's a, that is definitely a part of it. The busyness factor is in there. Um, it is, or, or the to-do or the, the, you know, the well-functioning family when you've got three young children or two young children or whatever it is that's keeping you busy, busy, busy from the time you all get up till the time you all go to bed. And it, it, it really is a moment where you got to stop and go, okay, wait a minute. Now, why am I doing all this? You know, why am I at home? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not just to run a ship. It's to, it's to have relationships with your children. And that's definitely what, um, constant correction can, can, uh, destroy. Mm-hmm. So. so when you applied this connect before you correct principle mm-hmm. with your daughter, what were the results? What was, how did it change your relationship and how did it change her? Oh my gosh. Dramatically. Um, well, again, going through but a number of different steps, I saw a change in her behavior. Um, I calmed down. Uh, she felt cared for and listened to, and so she calmed down. And the result was a lot less tumult over the homework. Um, it meant also, you know, I'm thinking too as I as I'm as I'm speaking about this. Part of this is Katie was my second child, and so you know, her way was different than my first child. And part of what I was bringing to the table was those expectations. So I started to change my expectations and see her as an individual who behaved differently. And when I did that, again, she felt heard, she felt loved, and she she was able to get in her own lane and do her homework and approach her homework the way she was comfortable with. And it meant building in a lot more time for my child to uh, have have breathers, get some exercise, um, you know, remove some of the blocks that through discussion and through kind of hanging out and you know having a, a glass of milk and a cookie and talking about it together, we could uh, we could figure out ways that would make her feel more relaxed mm-hmm. as she approached this whole mm-hmm. thing. And did, so, uh, did did you find in general that she was more receptive to your correction? Absolutely. And I, I didn't need to correct as much. It was much mm, more of a, that's a good you know, point. we're in, in this together. No, it removed a lot of the constant begging, pleading, getting angry pattern of trying to get her to do this one thing, this, this, get this homework stuff done. Um, absolutely. It, it created a lot more peace between us. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, we didn't ever have that experience. We didn't never have that experience again, but it was a lot less frequent. Um, yeah. Our relationship was a lot more peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think awesome. that there's a tendency as parents to want to say, I'm the parent, you're the child, you need to listen to me. This is what I've decided. This is what I've said. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. And. And there is a time and a place for there to be that hierarchy However, I think that the extreme is to eliminate it and say, your feelings don't matter. Your opinions don't matter. In this situation, you just need to be obedient and you lay down the law and you, you, you you eliminate opportunity for connection. You eliminate opportunity for empathy. Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the things, you know, it's very easy to say to a child when you're frustrated and they're saying, um, I just, you know, it's hard to go to school every day. I mean, that's kind of stuff that I would hear. It's, it's hard to go to school every day. And, you know, I, I just, I get, I get tired. This, my daughter used to take a break. I did not know this till I went to a teacher's conference in, in the nurse's office pretty much every day. Now, this is somebody who's experiencing stress. 
throughout her day and knows enough to chill out in school. And once I could understand that, I could say things like, you know, instead of saying to her, Oh, you know, oh, come on. Everybody has to go to school. I mean, that's just the way it is. You go to school five days a week. You're just going to have to get over this. That would definitely be something that I am capable of saying. But instead, I had to stop and say, okay, um, yeah, yeah, going to school five days a week, uh, it can be it can be tiring. Um, and then I could ask a question, you know, well, what's, what's like, what's the hardest part of your day and, and what's the best part of your day? So all that started to change again. I think her, her number one feeling, which was, um, or, or uh, there were probably a few feelings, you know, my mother doesn't care about me. I mean, she didn't maybe articulate that, but that's the feeling. She doesn't mm -hmm. care about me. She doesn't understand me. Um, you know, poor, poor, pitiful me kind of thing. And instead, when we started talking about it, um, she, she could, she could actually say, well, you know, I just wish I could play all day. And then we could have a discussion about, well, what would that look like? And what are the fun things about your day? What would, what do you really wish you could be doing? And we could build some of those in mm -hmm. and it took so much angst out of the picture. Um, and it didn't kill me <laughs> in any yeah. way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, and I'm not, I wasn't giving her carte blanche. I wasn't giving her total freedom, but I was giving her a say in how she wanted to approach her life a little bit. And, and frankly, I think that's giving a child responsibility in a good way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's not over responsibility. I'm not like, you know, throwing her out and letting, leaving her to herself, but I'm allowing her and letting, letting her feel a little more empowered about what she could choose to do with certain blocks of time, for example. So, you know, there are parameters, but Maybe, for example, one of the things that we did was one of the things my husband and I realized was my daughter had great difficulty getting up out of bed in the morning and running off to school. Um, so a better situation for her was to get her up earlier, believe it or not, so that she had some time to um, get up have her breakfast, maybe have a little TV in the morning. We were not a big TV uh, family at all, but like a little Sesame Street didn't kill us or whatever the program was at the time. And a little, you know, getting outside, going on the swing set for a few minutes, things like that, um, that began by getting her up early enough to do that really helped her. So it was really, yeah. I think you bring up a good point, Elise, in that you said that you didn't give you, you gave her, you made her feel empowered, but you didn't give her the power. And I think one of the things that we can believe as parents is the only way to help our kids get through is to just let them take the lead and let them lead the discussion, let them be the ones who decide what's going to happen. I think as parents, we can still be the leaders and guide our kids through the process of resolving whatever the conflict is, you know? Mm -hmm. So in the past, I would either have been, as you mentioned before, you know, do what I say because I'm the mom mm -hmm. or I would have been like, Oh honey, whatever you want, you know, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've had to learn, you know, especially with my son, I can really relate to what you're saying about um, your daughter because my son finds school very difficult as well. And it is really hard. And sometimes I get very frustrated because I'm like, just do your work. Mm -hmm, but he, he, you know, he really does need to come home and have a snack 
and do some homework yeah. Yeah. and then play Lego and then do some studying. But we've had a, I like had to lead him through that, help him discover what are the things that we need to put in place to scaffold for your success in homework time. Yeah. Because if I just let him take the lead, the child would have 25 cookies and just play on his iPad the whole time. Right. But, right. you know, if I, if I lead him through it, not only are we kind of coming to common ground, but I'm teaching him the skills to figure out how, how do, when things are difficult, what do we need to do? Well, we need to ask ourselves questions. We need to find a solution, make a plan, stick to the plan. And I think that's the responsibility of the parent mm-hmm. is not to boss and be like, I'm the parent, therefore you just do and don't ask why, but actually to be the parent that, that exempt gives an example of ask why, why do you feel this way? What mm-hmm. can we do mm-hmm. yeah. and make a plan together? And we have found that, um, actually very similar to what you and your husband found, like waking up Silas early in the morning is really important because yeah. it get you know, he's a little bit grumpy in the morning. He needs a good breakfast. He needs time to like get used to the idea of a new day. And after he's done <laughs> getting dressed, he, he like, can play with his Legos or he can do a game or he can hit right, his sister right. side, and he needs that before school. Yep. He just does. Mm-hmm. And I need, but I need to be the one that helps him figure that out because when he's 25 and he's not living in our house, hopefully way before 25, <laughs> but when he has his own place <laughs> and he's feeling stressed after work, he needs to figure out what, what he needs to do to, you know, have a happy yeah, helpful life to be yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. The the do as I say, you know, because I'm the parent, um, is not. It's it, I get it, and, and it would be easier, <laughs> especially if our children like said, okay, I will. Um, but but it's not. It's not empowering. It, it doesn't help them learn how to make decisions, especially for for the kid who, you know, isn't going to do things by the book. That's all there is yeah. to it. So mm-hmm. I had to find a way into her heart and. Um, and that and this this connecting before correcting really helped helped with that. Okay, Elise. So I want you to share the five steps that you can do to connect with your children. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a pen and paper handy, that's okay because we're going to include the link to Elise's post in the show notes and that's going to have the steps there for you. But um, we're just going to go through them one by one. Sure. So the first step is express understanding. Um, one day after I had decided I was going to implement this um, shift, um, Katie and I just sat down at the dining room table. I said, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes. And I was able to state, you know, I see that you're having difficulty with this homework. It seems very hard for you. And, um, that started the conversation. And I will say that Katie was a little bit like, huh? Yeah. Because it was so, such a departure from our approach up till that point where we would just be like, okay, sit. Hey, you had your coffees. I mean, you had your cookies. Sit down. And now it was like, okay, so so you know, you had. Are you tired? Tell me about your day. And um, it really allowed Katie to express herself. So that was step number one. Yeah, I think um, that goes a long way. And and just in any conversation that we have with people, if we feel that we um, are understood, like if I'm struggling with something, and 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 the person yeah. that I'm talking to understands and acknowledges that I have these feelings, mm-hmm. that I have these thoughts. Right. Um, right. It's just, it goes such a long way. Yeah. It does. It does. I mean, we all, we all have that need to be heard. Mm-hmm. That's why, as you said earlier, these principles can be applied 
applied to any relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay, so once once um, Katie could express herself and tell me that she really wished she could play more and run around outside and all that kind of stuff, um, then, then I the step two is to show empathy. Say, oh, you know, I get what you're saying, Katie. It would be fun to play all day. Um, and then step number three is share your feelings and perceptions. So then I could turn the conversation a little bit around towards me so that she would understand that I actually do get it. And I would say, you know, sometimes I wish I could play all day too. You do, mom? And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't really like to do laundry, but it's something I have to do or you guys won't have clean clothes. Um, so some, you know, getting in there, getting in the trenches with your kid and kind of going, yeah, I get this. This is how I feel about it too. Um, and you can, I could do that in a way that actually had us both laughing about, you know, what would happen if we did no wash or we cooked no, no food. Um, and you know, we, we kind of joked about it together. So that's the sharing your feelings and perceptions. Step number four is brainstorming. So again, inviting her into, all right, so what do you think we could do since this is something you have to get done? This homework is something you have to get done. What can we do to give you some more time to have that playtime? Um, and then we could talk about, well, maybe if I did it really fast, that was one option. Or maybe if I did, you know, 15 minutes, then I'd get a few minutes of a break time. And that is something that we actually did work out, uh, a little more downtime. Also thinking about, you know, how can we, how can we turn the morning into like a happier time? Well, you know, how about if you really have your clothes ready to go? So you just throw them on. And again, instead of us fighting over this, we're planning something together. We're, we're getting together and we're enjoying each other and there's laughs along the way. And, and step five was implement a plan. So once we talked all this stuff through, we had to really think about, okay, the, these are the ways we're going to approach the morning. This is what we're going to, you know, we all know a good morning starts with a good evening. You get the bedtime routine and getting to bed early enough and getting your clothes ready. And then in the morning, you're going to get up early and you're going to, um, put your clothes on quickly so that you can come down, eat a little breakfast, and then have, you know, a half hour to do whatever you want. And, um, you know, and that's the way it went. We, we had a plan and we implemented it and it wasn't always, um, you know, absolute strict, but it, it really worked. And one of the other things, quite frankly, um, you know, we had a bunch of kids and everybody's kind of getting together at the same time, but also at different times because we have a crazy busing system. Um, so I also stepped back a little bit because my husband was better able to handle the morning. And so I would stay upstairs a little bit longer with the other, other kids and let him have a little time with Katie in the morning. And that really helped, um, I don't know, I'll tell you like one funny thing that happened one morning. So she was now getting up earlier and she was having her free time and, you know, a little play time in the morning. And I was getting dressed one morning and I heard this weird echoing sound through the neighborhood. And it was like 6.30 in the morning. I'm like, what the heck is going on out there? Never thinking it was Katie. And I'm like, I come downstairs. I said to my husband, honey, what is that noise? It sounds like something bizarre. Some kind of dinosaur is moving through our neighborhood. He's like, oh, that's Katie. She's out She's out walking up and down the block in her moon shoes, which were these <laughs> platform plastic shoes. And, um, oh, my gosh, it was really funny. So um, that was one of the results, waking up the neighbors at 6.30 <laughs> with moon 
shoes through the neighborhood. But um, yeah, we kind of curtailed that a little bit. But anyway, it really, really helped our relationship. And quite frankly, it's just a reminder for me, even now, um, you know, my kids are grown, but still this, this stuff is so important, you know, connecting and not going. So did you do this? Did you get me this? Did you mail me this? Um, yeah, let's just chat and, and see how you're doing and let's love on one another. So. What I love about this is it definitely, it, it doesn't just solve a problem that we currently have with our children, but it sets mm-hmm. them up for the future. Like Noelle, you mentioned your son, hoping that when he's older, that he'll be able to deal with these things on his own. But it it, it is absolutely correct that practicing these steps with our children on a regular basis will mm-hmm. help them process things in the future when we're not around. That's you know, right. My son would come home from school and he would just not listen to anything I had to say. And I finally was like whoa buddy like how was your day at school what happened mm-hmm. so and so didn't talk to me on mm-hmm. the playground you know um and so I would take the time to listen to him just like you're saying yeah. get to the bottom yeah. of what he's really feeling and then we can kind of like get him a snack and get him doing his homework but now because I because I've been mindful of stopping and asking him these questions like he is very comfortable saying, oh my gosh, mom, I've had such a bad day. So then that's the first thing he tells me. I don't have to dig it out of yeah. him and wonder yeah. no, why he's so great. ornery and why he's giving me such a hard time and then need to threaten mm-hmm. him and mm-hmm. punish him. He's like, I've had a really bad day. So, you know, he, he's even said to me, I'm sorry if I'm a little grumpy, but this is what happened at school. And wow. I'm like, that's amazing. Oh, okay. All right. We're getting somewhere. So I give yeah. him the space mm-hmm. he needs, or I say, do you just need 10 minutes in your room? And, um, I think it's, I love this because like I said, it's solving a problem that we have in the present, but it's also preparing our children for the future. And I think it yeah. prepares us for, for multiple situations and multiple areas again yeah. like work the workplace in a ministry in marriage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. definitely it, it really also you know teaches your children um communication skills and it even teaches them high ownership which you know everybody really should be a high ownership person which and what i mean by that is they own who they are and what's going on for them um and so your son that's awesome to be mm-hmm. to be able to to, you know, be in touch with what is happening for him and, and to explain why his behavior is the way it is. I mean, that's, I think that's tremendous. Mm-hmm. And how old is he? 10. Yeah, that's, that's great. And also the fact that he's a male, quite frankly, you know, yeah. that he has that kind of a communication skill yeah. is really great. Yeah. And that's a get, see, that's, that's <laughs> empowering him and giving him, him, quite frankly, gifts that he can offer to the world. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's important. I think it's important as mothers to remember that the have tos of our day should never trump the hearts of our kids. Mm -hmm. And you might have to just put the list aside and have a heart to heart with your kid. And that's more important. The connecting is always more important than just getting everyone to do what you need them to do. because we're not we're not like they're not our our employees we're raising them and we're with the heart that they're going to grow up and be awesome people so you know we have to have these moments of connection otherwise it's not going to happen right yeah yeah it's helping them build relationships it really does a lot there's a lot of good that comes from this this uh principle There, there really is it's just it's very powerful 
So I think, I, you know, to sort of put it in a nutshell, um, I, I remember coming across a really great quote by a teacher named Carter Baton, and he said, you have to reach the heart before you can reach the head. And that really struck me. Um, and that is the whole concept. It's like, okay, the foundation of my relationship with my daughter or any of my children is love. And that's what I want to be the, the undergirding of everything else that comes out of it, any, any correction. And when, so I needed to really regroup and say, you know, okay, this is not working and I love my child and she's not feeling it. And I'm not a terrible mom, but I'm not acting the way I want to act. I'm not, I don't have the relationship with her that I want to have. So I really need to figure out how to, um, get our hearts connected again. You know, we literally need to have some of the good feelings that are created by intentional relationship and love, bottom line, love. Mm -hmm. All right. So Elise, what is your coaching challenge for us this week? Besides well, the obvious um, of going to the website, copying the article. <laughs> and posting it uh, up so that you can remember remember what yep. the five steps and are. And sharing it with a friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would say um, really think about what my challenge is to think about a relationship that's particularly, particularly difficult where you could identify um, we're not, we're not hearing each other and it can be with your child, it can be with your spouse, or um, as, as you said, Kimberly, it can be somebody you're working with in some capacity. But intentionally decide that you are going to um, go through a process of connecting before you correct um, and see what happens. Uh, I, I believe that if you give this person um, some space and some time to figure out what they're feeling and thinking and um, work together, you will... Uh, you'll have the kind of relationship that you would prefer to have with somebody. So in a nutshell, find that difficult person and figure out the way to connect instead of correct them. Mm -hmm. Break the pattern. Yeah, that's great. All right. So Elise and Noel, please tell us where we can find you online. You can find me at my website, which is noelrhodes.com. That's R-H-O-D-E-S. And I am on Instagram as Noel P. Rhodes. Mm -hmm. And you can find me at EliseDailyParker.com. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at EliseDailyParker. And I am uh, on um, Facebook also as Elise Daily Parker, but also as Elise Daily Parker, writer, editor, coach. And you can find me at KimberlyAmici.com and on Instagram and Twitter as Kimberly Amici and on Facebook as Living in the Sweet Spot. Well, thanks for joining us for this episode. You can find everything we talked about in the show notes. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at circlesoffaith.org where you'll receive additional content, resources delivered right to your inbox. And you can find us on social media as Circles of Faith. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, rate and review the show. Your comments go a long way in helping others find us. 